pits and air fries. Episode 3 examines the work from home phenomenon ambiguity around what is permissible and work requirements. There are fleas all over it, says Alan, when considering what to do, the dog at home, the boundaries of work and home life and the freedoms coupled with confusion during a changing world of work. everybody to this podcast series called Why Work. I'm joined today by a couple of esteemed and illustrious colleagues. These people also share the passion for work and talking about all things related to work. Please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Sarah. I love talking about good work design, how you actually design and craft work. That's exciting to me. I think it's not done enough in organisations, Trish. I'm Alan Girl, and I'm a practicing lawyer in the private sector. I mostly work in the work health and safety space, defending people who are being prosecuted by the government and basically giving them a second chance. We do try to do that, and I do work very closely with a lot of uh, other professionals who uh, assist us in giving businesses new directions. My name is Trace Lepofsky and I am a senior lecturer at ACU and also a lawyer. All these scenarios, these vignettes, fact will always be stranger than fiction. We don't need to make this stuff up. It is real. It's real because we are human and this is ordinary people doing, punching in and punching out and going to work. On that note, I want to talk about an interesting case involving doggies. Pet purchases have been on the rise throughout the pandemic. Everybody's been buying a pet, right? Like Grudels. Air fryers and, and pets. Yeah, like, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> funny you should say that. Indeed, we, uh, we, I, I did buy a, an air fryer. It's fantastic. See? A twin turbo <laughs> style. And we also adopted a, a rescue. He was only three fifty, but the fence was twenty one thousand dollars. Oh, the two sh- aren't connected though, are they? Oh, the sh- air fryer and no. the <laughs> <laughs> no, no puppies. No, no. no, no. So, uh, but indeed, yeah, air fryers and animals. In this case, and there's, there's a reason to this. We're not just having a banter here. There is a case, a work from home case involving a regional worker who would use her home office as a base and indeed do a lot of the administrative work at home. There was the employee speaking to her manager at 8.45am, if we want to get technical, office hours, and I know people work 24 hours around the clock, but here we have a square nine to five case scenario. So the worker is on the phone, just so happens to be looking after her daughter's puppy out the front, and she hears a bit of commotion, a bit of ruckus, she goes, I better go and see what's happening or sort of she's on the phone to her boss. Turns out a stray, a bluey. You know what a bluey is, Sarah? A blue healer? Blue cattle dog. I do dog. now. <laughs> yeah, cattle dog, a blue cattle dog. It's come in. I presume it's he. It could be a she. That's not the issue. And it had started to go for the puppy. And, of course, as you – well, I would. I don't know if it's sensible. This worker intervenes in what could have been probably the death of the puppy. Sadly, as a result of her intervention – this mongrel of a cattle dog has mauled her arms. And so she sustained injuries at right. home. So she's 
on the phone with work, presumably working from home at the directive or request of her employer request yeah. and with permission, right? Correct. Her request with permission. She's in a work from home hybrid situation and she's distracted by dogs outside of her house Correct. that she attends to and she sustains an injury, a dog bite. Think about it from the employer's perspective. They're thinking, we don't require her to have a dog. It's not even her dog. It's her daughter's dog yes. that's been dropped off for the day. Now, if she was working in the office, she wouldn't be allowed to bring her daughter's dog into the office. And on special her. circumstances. Sometimes you can. Maybe. It depends Maybe. on the employer, daughter, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, for me, I'm in a city office and the city office wouldn't allow you to bring in a dog for the day. I wanted to bring my dog today. Yeah, and so yeah, I'm alone, yeah. right? Okay. And, uh, <laughs> the, um, well, that would have been interesting. <laughs> the, um, so from the employer's perspective, they're saying, well, it's, it's awful that there's been this dog fight, but it really has nothing to do with work. This is concerning now because at what point are the boundaries permissible for the workplace to say, you're in my space, you're not in my space. I want you away from work, but I only want the conditions to be replicated as though I were in work and I'm saving money on not having you here. I'm saving on the real estate footprint. You get to work anywhere else, but then I'm now asking you to inherit those risks. That's a little concerning. Could the employer reasonably foresee this cattle dog just jumping in? Or I think, I think the gate was open off the top of my head, but anyway, it doesn't matter. The dog's in the yard. But could you reasonably foresee? Well, let, let me just take you into some theory around work design. So um, because I've been working on this recently, we've been talking about theories of resilience engineering, systems, systems resilience, where you try and create a system that can predict known and unknown events, that it has some agility and it can learn from other experiences and that you've put in place technology, work systems, job design, you know, uh, tools, equipment, uh, communication systems, different technologies to be able to be responsive to how people can make good decisions and how they act so that you meet business objectives and so that you can actually also ascribe to your values. So if safety is a value, if socialization is a value because of some of the cases we've been talking about, these are all something you value. You want to have a work system that is predictive, agile. And I love this because it talks about responding to known and unknown circumstances. So you're at home, you've got to understand there's a lot of ambiguity now around work. And so a lot of unknowns. A lot of unknowns, right? Whether it's the, like you said, the electric toaster not working because you're not doing the same rigorous preventative maintenance checks uh, with, with electrical appliances, right? To the basic microergonomics of your workstation setup, to walking around the house, tripping to having exposure to domestic violence, yep. or to having a puppy outside attacked by a stray dog, right? There's a lot of ambiguity that you now inherit as an employer. I, I think what Sarah's saying is if people work at home, there's fleas all over it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, what do you reckon, Alan? I reckon a dog entering your yard? I think no. it's cases like this which will um, reverse the swing and employers will want employees to work in the office where they've got lots of control. And I think they'll we'll go through a phase of... Um, people who have enjoyed the benefits of working at home will be very disappointed and there might be some shuffling of seats but if you're an employer you want you want to make sure your employees don't get injured and that's hard to do when you've got no control over where they're working right. and then when unemployment is low how do you retain workers who actually benefit and how do you ensure that there is 
more inclusive workforce for people with disabilities or caring responsibilities or that kind of thing. Correct. So you've got employees, yeah. employers on the other hand saying, no, I am going to be that flexible workplace. Yeah. So I'm going yes. to embrace work from anywhere. So the thing is, so just we'll end this by saying, in that case, compensation was awarded, both for psychosocial as well as obviously the, the physical harm. Let me challenge you, Alan. What's if there is a pushback? Those people who um, feel that they can work more productively or who have, or for, uh, for reasons around just convenience, do you think workers will be able to resist the mandate, the order for employers to bring them back? Oh, I think absolutely. I think there'll be a phase where uh, employees who don't want to work in the office will not take those jobs. They won't stay in the jobs where you have to work in the office. Mm. And so we're going to, you know, it could be that the genie's out of the bottle, as you've Mm. probably heard many people say, and maybe our future involves a a mixed bag of work from home and not work from home. Is that where you you see the the redesign of work? It certainly needs to be what we call affordances in design or or things that compel people and, and, and help people make some good decisions and act in ways that they expect for their performance, they expect for their health and well-being, that employers expect will get those business objectives. So at some point, you need to have those sort of affordances built into the design. There needs to be some support for people to understand that they're going to have the freedom to make some decisions and have some spontaneity and the regulation of how they structure their world of work, their time. But there are those cases, like you said, there are these risks that they're going to have exposures that are not controlled. Yeah, you've got, um, if you've got workers working from home, you have an enormous commercial saving mm. in that you're not paying for your floor space for your offices. But that has to be balanced up against, you're going to get claims like this dog claim yeah. and, you know, your insurance premiums will probably go up. So you can't have your cake and eat it too, Correct. in other words, you know. Oh, yeah. So in this case, did the employer try to contest the claim? In- invariably, in all of these cases, there'll yeah. always be resistance as a result of a a stray, violent dog, Mm. there'll always be contestation. All of these unusual facts. But then I'm going to suggest this unusual is becoming usual because we seem to be talking about all of these out-of-the-box cases. I think there has been a full distribution. Leading up to COVID, it was occurring, the great movement, or if you like, the great resignation from being shackled to the office. Mm. COVID has really now put that on the table, like the genie's out. Yep, shook that up. And, and, you know, there's other, uh, I guess you call it, higher order aspirations. Like, for example, if you value sustainability, Less time on the road, less fuel costs, that kind of thing. Right. So there are benefits and there are potential consequences that are significant. We know that, as we said, you know, in earlier conversations, we know that diabetes is on the rise. All cause mortality with sedentary behaviors is on the rise. People are feeling lonely and isolated. So you've got to have a really adept workplace, very responsive to be able to work out who's vulnerable in the workplace, where that system resilience needs to be reinforced, yep. where those props need to be placed. After the dog attack, the the claimant built a fence to keep the cattle dog out, which is interesting in itself because obviously the cattle dog continued to exist. And um, what if she had claimed under workers' compensation the cost of that fence? Should she be entitled to that? Or what if she went to her employer and said, in order for me to work at home, I need to have a fence so I can keep my daughter's dog. Would that have been okay? Let's say the fence was up, which is a very, like I said, uh, 21 grand for us, the, the good uh, bit of mitigation, but the dog somehow jumped over the fence, 
would the employer be liable and so on and so forth. But you're right. It's like a Matryoshka doll. We just keep opening up another doll and another yep. doll and another doll of, um, of duty and obligation. And yet these are workspaces. So, so let me read this sentence out of the judgment. There is no suggestion in the evidence that the applicant was not permitted by her employer to have a dog at home while working. Now, I'll put this question to you. What if employers were saying to employees, you can't have a dog while you're working at home? Mental health on the decrease. Yeah, well, That's there the you go. Case, yeah. So. <laughs> but um, I mean, the, from all the Zoom sessions, I, you, you always see at least one cat. Walk possibly, over the keyboard. Walks yeah. across my keyboard every yep. single time. At least a cat, sometimes a budgie. Definitely a dog in the background. Dog's head comes on my lap. Well, yeah. I think it's um, becoming much more yes. confusing about home. What what's permissible for work at home? Yeah. Look, the, well, the Well Building Institute, and I've been an advisor for the International Well Building Institute for several years, and they're working on special design concepts for new home builds and new construction. So this is hot topic because it'll be released in 2023 for builders, developers. And the features that they used to use in the commercial space are now going to be applied as a test for accreditation in the home space. We hope you enjoyed that episode of Why Work. You've been listening to Trage, Sarah and Alan. And if you'd like to know more about some of the things we've talked about today, please subscribe and we'd be more than happy to provide you with names of cases and other things that may interest you. Please be aware that none of the matters we've talked about today should be construed as legal advice or any other type of advice. We're just here to talk about all things related to work. See you next time.